Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and a producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainian tech and IT companies and their efforts to go global. Today's guest is John Sung Kim, who is the CEO of a company named JetBridge. And it's kind of unusual because rather than a typical Ukrainian startup company starting in Kyiv and, and going west into Western Europe and the United States, John has done the opposite. He's come from Silicon Valley and established uh, a development operation in Ukraine. So, John, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background as well as your educational background and what you were doing in Silicon Valley before you came to Ukraine? Sure. Well, good morning, Mike. It's nice to meet you. Um, well, I was born in uh, and raised in California, and uh, I guess I, I got lucky because California is a great place to go to school and start a business. Um, I had really dropped out of a medical program. Uh, my father wanted me to be a doctor, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't terribly good at that. After I graduated from university, I worked for Charles Schwab, which is a great company and a, uh, a great work culture. But we had so many clients that were in Silicon Valley and they were co-founders of these startups and when these startups went public they would come to me and cash their stock certificates and they'd be young, you know, they'd be kind of dressed carefree, you know, cashing five million dollar stock certificates and, you know, there I was in a monkey suit processing these certificates for them. And I thought, you know, I'm on the wrong side of the business equation here. I want to do a startup. So I called my college roommate uh, who worked for a big telecom company called Cisco and uh, we had decided to create uh, a software company that would imitate Cisco's call center product uh, but for much much cheaper and ironically now that startup is worth almost two billion dollars traded on the Nasdaq stock market and uh, I believe quite uh, bigger than the uh, Cisco call center product we look to replicate. And and what is the name of that company? It's called Five Nine, and the Nasdaq ticker symbol is F I V N. And so, are you F-I-V-N. still associated with that company? Oh gosh, no. You know, I was the founding CEO. I started it with six credit cards. I took it to ten to twenty million um, ARR, and it's annually recurring revenue. Uh, and uh, you know. An amazing team of folks really took that company to where it is today. And I'm proud to say a lot of the people that I discovered and got to mentor and work with um, were instrumental in that growth. And I'm really proud of that. And so what did you do after 5.9? You know, I think a lot of Silicon Valley founders do um, when their first company is know, somewhat grown up, uh, I think they create a social cause company. And one of the things that that me and my co-founder, Misha, were really passionate about was the idea that Americans, really anyone, but we were concerned about Americans, 
should be able to text message and email communicate with their doctor. And by the time we sold that company, we had seven to nine million Americans of record communicating with about 13 to 18,000 doctors. And I say these ranges because these were the time periods, you know, in our last year. But uh, we were quite, quite proud of that company. Um, I had more fun in five years at Doctor Base than, um, gosh, in any five years of my life. Um, that was an amazing run and a great adventure. So, Misha. Coming back to a question you had asked before this interview, uh, how do we end up in Ukraine? Uh, my technical partner, Misha, his grandfather was from Odessa, and he just wanted to explore his roots, and I think that was natural. We came to Ukraine, and we quickly made um, some pretty amazing friends in the IT and tech startup community in Kiev, and I think it's a testament to Ukrainian culture. It's a wonderfully open um culture and uh, it's easy to make great friendships there really um john when did you when did you arrive in Kyiv? we started about two years ago um and misha really wanted to uh stay in central europe uh more long term we had both grown up in california and you know, I think uh, when he suggested that we open an office or, or start working in Ukraine, uh, you know, I was ready for something new. And so at that time, your current company, JetBridge, had not been started yet? No, we had started it. Really, you know, I started JetBridge uh, as a way for Misha and I to continue to work together. I think we're a really effective team. Um, and we enjoy working with each other. And um, the fact that Misha wanted to spend more time in Central Europe, uh, and I wanted to experience something new. I mean, mind you, I hadn't taken a vacation really in 13 years. <laughs> so living somewhere else part-time seemed uh, like a wonderful idea, actually. And so what does JetBridge do now? You mentioned uh, before we started the interview that it, it produces sales automation software. Can you give us a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, well, JetBridge is really just a name for a series of projects that Misha and I have been working on in the B2B space. Um, my passion uh, really is in B2B SaaS and B2B mobile. Um, I would love to do a B2C company one day, but I, I won't because I don't know how. And both Misha and myself see the dawn of a new age. And it's not just about machine learning or AI. Um, to me, what's incredibly exciting is that even a medium-sized company of 500 people, we're starting to produce massive amounts of unstructured data. And I think this poses an incredible opportunity for sales and marketing teams to leverage this data and really start to make more intelligent, not just day-to-day, -day, but maybe even you know hour-to-hour -hour decisions. And I think while this future is going to take a few years to materialize for many reasons, um, Misha and I want to be a part of this future where 
marketing managers, sales managers, executives really have a lot better intelligence on their prospects as well as being able to visualize the data that's going on in their own workforce. If you think of all the different apps and emails and messages and texts and mobile devices, uh, Slack, Skype, um, you know, companies now produce tons of data that could be actionable if it was made intelligible, right? And so uh, JetBridge is really, mission, my vision that there's an incredible opportunity for a company like ours if we get it right because uh, we're living at a, as far as data uh, and machine learning and AI, I think we're living at a really special time in history. So let's circle back for a moment uh, to the structure of the company. Uh, I'm assuming that JetBridge is headquartered in California? We are. You know, we're a um, Delaware Incorporated San Francisco company. And to call us a Ukrainian company, I think, is disingenuous. I spend just under six months, as allowed by my visa, in Ukraine. We have started to look at the process of seeing what it takes both legally and culturally to build a team in Ukraine. The laws are not as open to foreigners and foreign investment as is, say, Belarus or Estonia. And I, I hope we get a chance, uh, and others like me get a chance to work with the Ukrainian government to really figure out a 5, 10, 15-year program that welcomes Western and Asian investments. Um, otherwise, I fear our money's going to go somewhere else. So at the current time, do you have any uh, software developers working for you in Ukraine in Kiev? We just hired our first intern out of the unit factory, and we're incredibly excited. His name is Dimitri. He's amazing. Attempting to hire, which we've been trying to do for the last year, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, we probably have the most stringent uh, hiring process in in Kiev, maybe Ukraine. Instead of forcing our culture on a middle-aged engineer, I think we will experience more success hiring students as they graduate, first turning them into interns, and then training them not just on product-focused thinking, but on Western and Asian business ethics, which I think is just as important. So for the future, in terms of these uh, interns, what are the sources for them? What universities in particular have you seen that are really producing some top-notch programmers? Well, you know, with the programmers, I think, um, I mean, many of the good ones don't bother to go to university. <laughs> so that's, that's challenging. Um, certainly when you look at Misha, he started off at a great school here, uh, but he left to become a well-paid programmer working on something really interesting. LiveJournal, still very popular in the um, CIS region, especially Russia. But, you know, I think Kiev Polytechnic, we got our first uh, intern from Unit Factory, so I have high hopes for uh, what Valentina is doing at Unit Factory. I'm a big fan. And 
gosh, Lviv Polytechnic is good. I think there's a university called uh, Cathedral or Catholic. Um, and I've been pretty impressed by the folks I've met there. Uh, uh, really impressed by the students at Tata Shevchenko University uh, and the faculty. I think they're very eager to learn. I think they've got a great attitude there. Um, so really impressed by Tata Shevchenko. Look, there's a lot of really smart people in Ukraine. I think we just need further education on how to do business with the West and Asia and how to build cultures where the employees aren't suspicious of the owners and the owners give equity to the employees and that there are aligned incentives, which I don't see a lot in business in Ukraine. Right? The business owner and the employees, their incentives aren't actually as aligned as they are here or as I'm used to in Silicon Valley. But look, I'm spoiled, right? I've been able to go to school and do business and live in probably the most advanced tech business culture the world has ever seen. But it is also a small city of seven miles by seven miles. And um, uh, it's great to spend part time in a bigger city. Um, but I hope that I can bring some more Silicon Valley philosophies to Ukraine. So, John, we're almost out of time. And I'm curious about where you see JetBridge heading at this point. And second, some of the challenges that you see on the horizon for JetBridge in trying to establish itself within Ukraine. Sure. Well, you know, as I said before, B2B SaaS is really my uh, passion in life. And JetBridge, whatever happens to the company, you know, my big believer is it's about people first, our customers second, and company third. Um, I think JetBridge is just another platform for Misha and our team to really show the world what we're capable of in delivering value to marketing managers. And that's it. I mean, the industry will change. Uh, the product will change and evolve. But at the end of the day, we're successful when we make marketing and sales managers successful, and we just kind of love it. As far as challenges, as, as far as it pertains to Ukraine, look, I know there's going to be a Ukrainian-American or Ukrainian-Asian hybrid unicorn. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be in five years or 25 years. Um, I think some of the uh, oligarchs in Ukraine, um, I think what uh, Mr. Kaminsky is doing at Unit City, uh, what uh, Mr. Pinchuk is doing as far as like his venture and private equity investments. I mean, look, there are some really smart people trying to advance the Ukrainian tech and IT economy. You know, I'm hopeful and optimistic. I hear more and more English in Kiev every time I go back. So... I think as far as problems, the real problem is it's not going to happen fast enough because what a lot of my Ukrainian friends don't understand is that, yes, while IT is growing in Ukraine and it feels and it smells like success, when you travel and you go to Korea, Sweden, China, the United States, even in Minsk, not so far away, the world is advancing much quicker 
And I think that's my biggest concern. It's not going to happen fast enough. John, we're out of time at this point, but I do want to thank you for your uh, interesting insights into the Ukrainian tech sphere and uh, for your work with JetBridge. Thanks, Mike. And so this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainian IT and tech companies and their efforts to go global. And until next time, that's all for now.